This is Dennis Money with Phil Goldberg, our guest today, uh, Dr. Jeffrey Long. I uh, really enjoyed it uh, thoroughly. He's uh, extremely knowledgeable, and obviously, in terms of uh, history and philosophy of uh, Hinduism, uh, and uh, very, uh, very articulate guy. Oh, yeah. That's uh, one of the reasons I wanted him on. There are certain academics who are uh, very attuned to the living nature of, of these uh, spiritual traditions, and, um, and they bring to it, you know, something that ordinary practitioners or clergy don't have, which is this in scholarly training and uh, familiarity with history and the original languages and uh, the, the texts. Um, so that combination is very, very uh, appealing and very informative. Right. There, there are people would, that would argue the other side of, of what I'm going to say, but for me, I think if I was going to take a course in Hinduism, <clears throat> I would rather taking it from, take it from a, uh, a practicing Hindu who has a scholarly background in Hinduism rather than somebody who just has the scholarly background in Hinduism. And, and as I said, I mean, you could argue both sides of that, but there's a, a richness that comes through and, and uh, uh, you know, a certain amount of even passion for what they're discussing that uh, I think would make the study uh, of that religion more interesting. Yeah, and, but, you know, you're, you're hitting on um, the, the, the nature of the controversy that we brought up in the, in the interview. Um, if you were interested in, in, if you, if you were born in Asia somewhere and had no, not much exposure to Catholicism, say, or Judaism, and you came to the West, um, where would you go if you were curious to, to learn information? Would you go to a church or synagogue? Would you talk to a priest or a rabbi? Would you go and take a course in a university that may be taught by somebody who has no uh, direct affiliation with the tradition because, you know, they're a philosopher or a, you know, an anthropologist or a historian uh, and very secular or maybe even, you know, atheist or something. Um, where would you get the proper perspective? Well, the truth is you probably get a best perspective from uh, some combination of those things. Right? Mm -hmm. I mean, because the, the scholar wouldn't know what right. a, a, a cleric would know, and uh, an ordinary practitioner wouldn't know what a scholar knows. And, and so, you know, that combination makes a lot of sense. There's scholars of Hinduism who are not practicing Hindus, um, but they really know the text and the history. Right. And sometimes their perspective on the text and the history is different from what a guru's would be or a, a philosopher who's a practitioner. Right. So, you, you know, that, those, that variety of voices, you know, creates a certain degree of tension sometimes, but, it, you know, it, it's in the service of knowledge. Right. I, I think also for me, uh, the more I associated that particular religion with uh, uh, practice, uh, the more I would want to speak to somebody authentic. In other words, what I'm saying, it, it, when I think of Zen Buddhism, uh, I think mostly of somebody sitting in meditation and being mindful or doing whatever the, the monks do. When I think of, uh, you know, uh, uh, the Methodist the branch of Christianity, um, I think maybe it would be easier to look at that academically than act because there's less uh, of, of spiritual practice uh, 
associated with it. Now, there might be a lot more spiritual practice associated with the, the Methodist branch of Christianity than I know about. And, and, right. Uh, but, uh, so, I, yeah, and I guess you're right. I, it would be a combination of things. But with some religions, yeah. I, from, especially from the East, I, I would be more interested in, uh, in learning from a practitioner. But that's yeah. just me. And, and I think you're, you're hitting on something because I think one of the things missing from what I see in the academic study of religion is it's, it's so much dominated by the study of uh, scriptures and texts um, as, as so, it, it focuses on you know what are the beliefs and what was the the the, the storytelling and so forth, um, and and very little is done about the experience of the people practicing these traditions. Right. What, you know, regardless of what the tradition is. So when you have a tradition like Hinduism or Buddhism that are so uh, oriented around direct experience as opposed to beliefs and so forth. Um, it, it makes it even more important to, to ask yourself, well, what, what do practitioners experience? How do they replicate that experience? You know, and, and, and I, so I would agree with you there. Right. Also, if, if I'm a, a student at you know, a university and I'm going to take an introductory course in, uh, in uh, you know, comparative religions, and the one professor that's teaching it is in a you know an atheist. He just thinks it's all uh, you know nonsense. But he knows the history and philosophy associated with it. Uh, there's no way that that person's going to teach it in the same way that somebody uh, uh, who is a practicing a particular religion uh, would teach it. On the other hand, uh, if the person pra- who is the practitioner uh, and the believer was teaching it, uh, it would be hard for them to be objective if w- one of those religions was the one that they most adhered to. So. You know, I, I don't know. Exactly. I, I think I think you're exactly right. You have to really approach it uh, from a few angles to get any kind of uh, uh, you know good uh, objective uh, perspective on on uh, the study of religion. Yeah, and especially when you're dealing with a, a tradition that has a lot of diversity within it. So, you know, you will find people who are very knowledgeable about the history of yoga and the history of Vedanta, the history of Hinduism. Uh, but they have different angle on it because of the guru they studied with right. or the predict- particular uh, tradition or lineage that they were born into. Right. Uh, and they will debate with one another, even you know, within the tradition, let alone you know, insiders and outsiders. Right. Phil, when you speak on uh, your book, American Veda, uh, you talk about uh, many different uh, uh, branches or uh, uh, spiritual traditions within Hinduism, within uh, uh, Buddhism, uh, just how these influences came came from east to west. Do you ever are you ever when you give your presentations? Are there ever any people that say, uh, uh, unless you're you're, you're uh, a part of this particular tra- tradition, how can you write about it? How can you talk about it? Um, you know, not that much because well, I got a little of it in India. Um, and I you know, but people understand that uh, you know I was a practitioner first. And I was deeply immersed in it. And I'm the thing is, I'm not writing about Hinduism as such. Um, I, I was writing a, a historical uh, book about how it's influ- these teachings have influenced America. Uh, so it's not a treatise on Hinduism or 
or Vedanta or yoga, although, you know, I had to explain what those things are and why they're important. Um, but so people weren't saying, oh, you shouldn't write about Hinduism, because uh, I wasn't. I was writing about the effect of this on and the influence of it in America, and they understood that uh, an, a journalist can do that. Uh, and I haven't had any difficulty with uh, scholars either. Some scholars have said I was wrong about this or mistaken about that or I left this out, and that's all legitimate because I'm, I'm sure that's there's truth in it. But, uh, you know, at the same time, scholars understand that you don't have to be an academic to, to write something uh, like what I did. Whereas if I, were, if I had the uh, audacity to write, you know, a translation of the Upanishads without knowing Sanskrit, then they would have a much strong, yeah, you yeah. know, reason to object. And I say to our listeners, uh, I recommend... If you haven't read Phil's book, uh, American Veda, read it, because it's very important uh, uh, to understand how these influences that are part of our life now, integrated in, into our culture, uh, into our thinking, uh, weren't always here, and ha how they came from uh, uh, east to, to, to west. Uh, <clears throat> along those li lines, uh, Phil, uh, one of the things that Jeffrey discussed with us was uh, you know, separating uh, spiritual practices from Hinduism, for instance. And, and I guess... We've seen a lot of that in in, uh, in in the in the West. There's uh, many many different groups that have come out of Hindu backgrounds that teach different techniques, and and usually those groups are guru centric, and so and 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 many of those gurus have said you don't have to be a Hindu to get enlightened to uh, practice these practices, and and uh, I guess that's an ongoing kind of, if not controversy, dialogue that goes on about you know yeah. uh, and and I think different. Uh, uh, you know, uh, gurus even uh, approach it in different ways. Yes, and and that's part of the conversation, and we we didn't get into that. But you know, a lot of Hindus who are disturbed that uh, there are so many uh, Americans uh, who are dedicated to these practices and don't and resist the label Hinduism. Um, I think you know they don't completely appreciate the fact that where we took uh, the gurus who came here seriously, who said, you don't have to be a Hindu to do this. And, you know, this goes back to Vivekananda, who's a national hero in India, you know, and Maharishi and Yogananda, and all of the prime uh, principal gurus said, you know, these are universal teachings. You can be, you know, a Christian, a Jew, a Muslim, whatever, and still use these teachings. And I, I, that's what I'm representing here. You don't have to be a Hindu. So that was our orientation and training. And so uh, it's kind of understandable that, uh, you know, things would uh, shape out the way they did. Right. Uh, I had a, an experience of, of this directly. I, I went to a Hare Krishna temple to have their Sunday feast and 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 when I was there, I was actually surprised because I hadn't been to a Hare Krishna temple. Yeah, you like years. the free food. The food was is either <laughs> free or yeah. It, it, they're Indian food I like. Let's just put it that way. So anyway, <clears throat> and it's very, always very festive. They're very friendly. And what I noticed was about half the people there, out of uh, uh, you know 150 people, it was a big group, were uh, Indians from India uh, coming who had come to America, and uh, and the other half were not. You know, they were just uh, mm -hmm. the people who had been in the United States for many years. And, and so I was talking to everyone, kind of getting a feel for it. 
And it, it, apparently the Hindus that come from India, <coughs> that come to the temple, they see it as a bhakti temple. They know how to take care of the deities. And, and they, mm-hmm. uh, they, it, this is how they worship. Uh, whereas the Westerners who came, uh, many of them, uh, you know, who had grown up in the West, uh, didn't necessarily consider themselves Hindus, but like the practices of spirituality mm-hmm. uh, that, uh, and the uh, bhakti tradition that the Hare Krishna represented. And, and everybody seemed to felt, feel comfortable with one another. Yeah, yeah. and they were, they're the most <coughs> Hindu of all the, all the traditions that came here, all the lineages, all the gurus. They were the most Indian and the most overtly Hindu, and yet even among them, not everybody is comfortable saying, I'm a Hindu. So, you know, it's a complicated thing, and to me, it's, uh, it's um, evidence of the kind of universality of the tradition that we do call Hinduism, you know, that it has this uh, versatility mm-hmm. and this appeal to, you know, people in different ways. Well, but we'll take that up again another time. Another time, Dr. Jeffrey Long today. Very enjoyable, and uh, to our listeners, we have some uh, great, more great interviews coming up. So stay tuned. Spirit Matters Talk, spiritmatterstalk.com. Go to our Facebook page. Like us on our Facebook page. Uh, subscribe, and uh, we'll send you free information. And, uh, yes, uh, get the word out and uh, continuing to, to enjoy our shows. All, All the right. Best. Later.